1: you're listening to
2: what's going on player profiler nation welcome to the latest episode of trade gods i am one of the co-hosts maddie and of course i am joined by my fellow trade god brethren the morning man the best hair in the biz the man that wears the turtlenecks better than anyone on planet earth steve jobs you have nothing on my man here mr jason Allwine. what's going on jay
3: what's up man and steve jobs may have something on me you know 10, 15 years ago before before he passed. But these days, I'm the turtleneck king. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen.
2: I'm trying to big you up, okay? The Mark, You know, Steve Jobs is the turtleneck. But, yeah. you know, the, 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 the title has to be passed down, and you yeah. are wearing it with absolute flavor and pizzazz, my friend. Very, very stylish every single week. And I can attest to this. When we hung out at the draft house in Kansas City, I was expecting Jason to show up in turtleneck. He didn't, but he was still very stylish.
3: Yeah, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And I did wear
2: a turtleneck to the draft. You had like a white one, but I was expecting the – Oh, yeah. Turtleneck. I should, you know what? He, I, we I should have brought my DJ. I should have brought like one of the shirts that I wear often. You should have brought one of. We should have done a jersey swap in in Kansas City. We should have had a, a jersey oh. swap with he, me and Jay. But next time, next time, there'll be a okay. next time. So we'll have to have, to have to have to do that. But yeah. we got a great show lined up for you today. We're bringing back a fan favorite. We heard enough people. We're bringing back trade court here tonight. But we will have a very special guest mm-hmm. playing the role of the judge jason tell the people who is our judge tonight
3: yeah and you can go follow this guy on twitter at dwz memphis you've seen him on the player profiler channel you've seen him on the show the big bet as well over on youtube dynasty war zones host randall memphis young come on up here man
1: what's happening guys thanks for having me on, on. Of,
2: of course
1: Man, I, I'm, I'm color coordinated. I, I I wore my uh, my LSU Tigers hat, you know, because the, the the purple theme. They just won yes. the Natty in, in in college baseball. Number one and number two pick. No, no. Normally we're going to talk football, but they had the number one, the 101 overall, and the 102 overall in the pro baseball draft this past week. But I'm I'm fired. Up. I, I feel like the 101. I feel like the 101. I'm on I'm on trade God's. We're going to have a lot of fun. I had too much pre-workout, so the listening audience has been warned.
2: <laughs> and, and for all you football listeners, and obviously everyone tuning in is a football fan, what what Memphis was talking about, the feat that just happened for the LSU Tigers was uh, they had the first two players taken in the draft, first time ever, and the equivalent in terms of their fantasy prowess in the horizon or on the horizon would be like, let's say, Trevor Lawrence and – Bijan Robinson were in the same draft class. They got a generational type pitcher and a den- generational type outfielder. So, just had to the, translate the, it for the, the,
1: <laughs> the best I could explain to the, to the non baseball, especially the college baseball listening audience, is imagine the year that Trevor Lawrence went one hundred and one. If Travis Etienne went one hundred and two, right behind him. That's about, yeah, the, best, just, that, yeah, that's about exactly the best. That's about right. the best analogy I can I can yeah. give. So that's the feat in which they pulled off, and that's pretty awesome coming off of a natty. So. Let's talk some football, man. What's been going on with the uh, the trade gods?
2: Trade gods is up and running. Um, Jason and I, we have the TGIF, the, the T- Trade God Invitational Fantasy uh, League, and it's been very active. Wouldn't you say, Jay? Like it's been wild.
3: Yeah, no. It, we we had some players go up on the block today. I sent out I sent out an offer. Haven't heard anything back, but you know we'll see. Uh, country, if you're listening, reply to my offer.
2: It, I did see Chad in the Chad is in the chat. Shout out, Chad. Big country, Let's bomb. Go make the trade make the trade Dom do it here live let's fire it up but Memphis we brought you on uh very very excited for it but when we when, when you agreed to come on Jason and I were talking like we need to do something special and Jason was like well I think I know what we should do and I said what are you what are you talking about Jay he's like I think it's time we bring back trade court because we need some rulings on some trades these trades all were brought in in the player profile Discord shout out to the player profiler Discord we got not one not two not three we got five cases. Jason and I have split them up. He will plead the case of one team, I will plead the case of another, and then we want to hear Memphis's analysis and then he will make a ruling on who won the trade. But before we get into trade number 1, let's hear from the Podfather as he talks a little FFPC.
0: Hey, you know, people always ask me, what's the World Series of Fantasy? What's the Super Bowl of Fantasy? And it's easy. It's the FFPC. Their Signature Players Championship has a $6 million prize pool. And their best ball leagues start in February. And they're the answer to so many questions. Hey, what's the best place to get a Dynasty Orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty Orphan at the FFPC right now. There's more orphans at the FFPC than anywhere else on the internet. That's why we partner with them. So if you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes... You love dynasty, you love best ball, you love seasonal leagues. All types of fantasy footballers need to go to the FFPC. And remember, use promo code underworld. Promo code underworld gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code underworld, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go
3: get it.
2: Sign up for FFPC football today. They got everything you need when it comes to fantasy football. And if you need an orphan trying to pick up where someone left off, you could do that there as well. So here we are, ladies and gents. Trade number one. This trade is part of a 12-team PPR Superflex 1.5 TEP star 11. Jason will be defending the side of Team B. Jason, would you like to go first or second? Uh, You can have the floor. Okay. So I will take... The opening ceremony. So what is it? The opening word? Statement. What is it? Opening, opening statement. So, I mean, Memphis, please strike that from the record because I don't want you knowing off the top of the bat how much better of a lawyer uh, Jason Alwine is than myself. But anyway. It's a turtleneck. <laughs> it's a damn turtleneck. It really is. It's just the best best guy since Steve Jobs. We were saying it in the intro. Anyway. <laughs> Travis Kelsey. 2023, 2024, third round pick. 2024, third round pick. We all know that is not what this trade is about, Judge. By the way, the color scheme you're running right now, the Sopranos poster, it's supremely the best background in all of fantasy football. What you're doing, holding yourself up. What are you, 27 years old? You look great for your age. So Memphis, Judge, Your Honor, uh, just thank you for, for, for joining us once again. But anyway, back to Travis Kelsey. Because just like Memphis Young, Travis Kelsey is the great differentiator. You have him on your team. You are setting yourself up to smash at a position that is an absolute dumpster fire outside of the select handful that are relevant per year. And if you don't believe me, let me just go ahead and read, uh, you know, where Travis Kelsey has finished each of his years in the NFL. That's including his rookie year all the way back in 2014. Tight end eight, tight end nine, tight end two. Tight end two, tight end one, tight end one, tight end one, tight end two, and then last year returned to form tight end one. He is a perennial producer of that of a top 12 to 14 wide receiver. He is such a difference maker. And his underlying metrics, they are not showing any signs of slowing down. 2.06 team yards per pass attempt, best in the NFL. 2.44 yards per route run, second best in the NFL. Still has the second highest juke rate, fourth highest dominator rating. This guy is a beast. And oh, dare I mention he's attached to Patrick Mahomes. So, Your Honor, I would close by saying you got to trade for Travis Kelsey if you're trying to win because he is the great differentiator.
3: Your Honor, opposing counsel has done a great job laying out the case for Travis Kelsey. And in some jurisdictions, it might even be considered a crime to trade him away. However, I do believe that my client got a good enough return in this trade, and it'll set him up for years to come while still avoiding the inevitable cliff that Travis Kelsey will face, whether it be this year, next year, or two years down the line. It still will come. The player profiler, Dynasty, tight end 8 plus 2 first rounders is a solid haul. Hoping my client lands Brock Bowers with one of those first round picks next year. But not only is the Muth just a top 10 tight end, He was a dominator in more than a few key metrics. Top 10 in total fantasy points. Dominator rating, yards per route run, receptions, yards, yards after catch, air yards, deep targets. I mean, the list goes on and on. I've still got five more to name, but we can end it here with unrealized air yards showing that there's still some potential. The Steelers are probably going to take a step forward with Kenny Pickett going into his second year. And there were some team metrics that were already really good. He had the third best target quality, the fifth best catchable target rate, and ninth best yards per team pass attempt, which if Kenny Pickett takes a step forward, might increase as well. It's incredibly difficult to trade away Travis Kelsey, but my client got enough. I'll rest my case.
1: Well, let me just start by saying, first of all, we're going to keep this. This is a civil matter. We're going to keep this in civil court. Uh, because if this trade was, is bad enough, I will send it to to the DA, to the prosecutor, to have one of these sides potentially brought up on charges. Now, now this is a very fair trade. This was, almost feels like mediation as opposed to a ruling. I think like this is a trade that is potentially helping both sides. This is like an amicable divorce where you know each party <laughs> takes each party takes certain parts and, and you go your separate ways. Do I like Travis Kelsey? Yes, I do, but it's not. Where you've been, it's where you're going. And at what point do the Kansas City Chiefs say, hey, we got to stretch this guy out until we get another alpha pass catcher? Whether that's Sky Moore, Rishi Rice, someone's got to step up, Kadarius Toney, someone's got to step up and take some of that burden off Travis Kelsey. Let's talk about Team B. Let's talk about Team Pat Fryermuth. Fun fact for you, Pat Fryermuth finished tied for fifth in tight end targets last year. And he missed two games. He was on pace for hundred and 11 targets last year. I, I, I've been a fan of this Pittsburgh offense. Um, I love this trade for, for both teams. I think it's completely fair. If I had to pick one today, I am going to lean, lean, lean to the Pat Fryermuth and two first sides just because it is dynasty. This is where we're going, but I fault zero dynasty gm for going all in and using a travis kelsey and a 1.5 tight end premium my ruling is for team b but i like it for both sides i think this is a very amicable divorce shake hands let's talk trades
2: memphis i have a follow-up question if you were the team b here and you're getting both of these first is it a must in your eyes to get bowers
1: the the rookie from or the potential rookie from Georgia? Yes. No. The, the, no, new, I mean, the
2: next unicorn. I mean, I mean,
1: see, this is what happens. Don't go chasing waterfalls, kids. You know you'll. <laughs> you, we're we're going to talk about that that type of thing later. Even the best tight end prospects take a while to marinate. You know, you could use both of those first, and your own first, if you still have your own first. You could package potentially two, maybe even something else. And I would rather go up in a super flex. I would rather go up and maybe talk Caleb Williams. Maybe I'm talking Drake May. Maybe hmm. I'm even talking Marvin Harrison Jr. Forget hmm. Bowers. I can use that ammunition along with my own draft capital. I can go out and get a go. And if you look back and say, twenty, and, and again, nothing wrong with Team A going to win. But if you look back in 2025 and you were able to turn Travis Kelsey and some good trade work into Pat Fryermuth, who turns out to be a top five tight end, along with a Marvin Harrison Jr. or a super stud quarterback, you're going to look back and say, I did right. I did the right thing. I made a good decision. It's kind of like what the Bears did, to be quite honest. The Bears, when they when they traded that first overall pick, if Justin Fields does not work out this year, the Bears have the ammunition to go up and make a move of their own for Caleb mm-hmm. Williams or or Drake May. So, no fault to either side. I do like the fact that that Matt is looking into the future of what these picks could bring into this roster. Two firsts in 2024, given the upside of Harrison and the two QBs, given the format. Uh, no, I would not be looking Bowers, but I would be looking to what those first could buy me.
2: Yeah, Jason, you did a great job laying out. You know, that Frymuth is not just a throw-in. He could be someone you start week in, week out. And then that also kind of hedges your, uh, or gives you the flexibility to not, really get aggressive on Bowers. And like Memphis said, yeah. go after some of those other stuff you know, and I, still have Fryer
1: And I didn't want to cut you off, but if you want like a super upside play, man, you know, a guy that me and the podfather both like, go get Michael Mayer. Go, go get Trey McBride. Go get one of these, you know, Jelani Woods is a lottery ticket in Indy. We've seen what that that Philly Shane Steichen offense has done for tight ends. So I've mm-hmm. just, you, you, you can get some other lottery tickets, but use yeah. that first round premium capital on a first round premium player. QB right. wide receiver running back.
3: And that's something we've talked sorry, that's something we've talked about a lot on the show is when you're tearing down at tight end, it's almost more worth it to go as far down as you right. can and try to get a really, really nice addition on top of a Jelani Woods, on top of a Trey McBride, because it's I mean, you're getting two more than likely startable assets by the end of the year.
2: Yeah. And this not only did they get Uh, you know, a a, tight end that's not that far of a tier. I mean, he's a far tier down from Kelsey, but he's not the bottom of the barrel that we were just talking about. And then getting two round ones. I mean, it's a a really, really strong move. Jason gets the point. Fair enough. Let's go on to round number two, or say trade number two. This is a 12-team PPR, one QB, half point for first down start 10. Team A is receiving another pair of 24 firsts. Team B is getting DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, a 26 first and a 26 fourth. Jason, you won round one. So I'll give you the chance. Do you want to get the opening statements or the closing remarks?
3: Um, Go first again. Go first again. I, I, I like I like following you up. <laughs>
2: Okay, so I have been tasked with the – or I should say I'm contractually obligated yeah. to take the side of DJ Moore because I am the captain of the DJM fan club. So I will try my best to graciously defend the acquisition of Mr. Moore, Mr. Deniston Moore Jr. Mm-hmm. Getting DJ Moore is betting on a player that ascends to a level that we have been waiting on his entire NFL career. We have witnessed him – Eclipse the likes of 1,100 receiving yards, but we have yet to see him eclipse a top 12 season on a points-per-game basis. We were close. We had top 14 in 2019, but it's been a long time. But this year he is in a new situation with the most talented quarterback he's ever played with, and he will bring an ability to that team that they have yet to have, and he will be able to not only help Justin Fields, but the offense as a whole. And when we look at D.J. Moore, he gets lost in the muck as maybe not a stud athlete. The comparison to A.J. Brown makes some simply cry when you bring it up. But the fact of the matter is, D.J. Moore is a better prospect than A.J. Brown. He had a very similar athleticism score. I mean, we're talking a fraction of a point. Both were right around 106. And not only that, he had a better college dominator rating. He had a 100th percentile college target share and a 97th percentile breakout age dj moore is him and what he brings is very good routes over the middle of the field dynamic plays up the seams and up the edge dj moore is going to be the answer for justin fields both of them will ascend to levels that stick them in the forefront of the fantasy talking points going forward and when we're when we're talking about greatness i also want to bring this up what does you know arch manning cooper manning Eli Manning have in common, they were all very, very good at football. And if I were to tell you that you might have a chance at one of their offsprings or one of their grandchildren, <laughs> wouldn't that interest you a bit to bring extra greatness on your team two years from now? That's right. I'm talking about Arch Manning, Your mm-hmm. Honor. So not only are you bringing in a wide receiver that is about to ascend to that level we have been waiting for, but you're also going to get a front row lottery ticket at Arch Manning, I rest my case.
3: Yeah, uh, Your Honor. Really, when I look at this trade, it all does come down to DJ Moore, and ultimately, me and my client feel that this is at least a fair trade. When you break it down, in that we totally lose this trade if DJ Moore does become who my trade cop brother Matty Kiwum expects him to become. But if he doesn't, my client does win this trade, and so we are looking towards the future. And moving some of our depth into some picks next year. I'm imagining that moving a DJ Moore, a Terrace Marshall, and picks so far down the line that they probably weren't even sniffing the starting roster. DJ Moore might have at some point, but I I feel like this was probably a bench move. And just kind of looking towards the future. Uh, We've talked about the assets in the last trade. This could be Brock Bowers, any of the quarterbacks, could be Marvin Harrison doesn't really matter we're clearing the roster space getting two roster spots to help me navigate this year and know that I'm going to have at least three first round picks next year and not have to take the risk of if the Bears offense can actually sustain DJ Moore the pass catcher in the way that some are hoping he will and that's all that's all we have to say your honor all
1: right well Well. first of all great job to to both uh, litigators here on, on the case Mr. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Keywood well, I have a question for you I have a couple of questions for you about your side your Honor, go ahead. Can, can you name the professional wide receivers that Mr. Justin Fields has made better in his two years in the league? I, you cannot, I, sir. You you cannot. <laughs> can you name the quarterbacks that Mr. DJ Moore has made better in his time?
2: Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, washed Cam Newton. He was so Kyle good with Mr. Allen. Mayfield
1: that Mr. Mayfield's now in Tampa Bay by by way of LA with the Rams. Sam Darnold is, is now in, in San Francisco.
2: He got the. If he wasn't on that team, I would argue they'd be far, far worse. You're on.
1: I, 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 I would say you're, you're, Mr. Kiwoom. That, that if DJ Moore can make quarterbacks, he wouldn't be on his sixth. So let let's move along. So you want me to take DJ Moore, who a guy who I love broke my heart. Um. So so maybe there is some bias in there. And a guy who's currently a, a at a minimum a high a high school senior to a college freshman or to 2024 first, based on the generational talent that is. Caleb Williams, and Marvin Harrison Jr., I have to lean in favor of the first. Um, The Bears' offense, to be honest, really scares me. They attempted 22 passes per game last year. That's 14.5 passes per game. Excuse me, that's 22 passes per game. And if you bump that up to, to say, 120%, so you take that all the way up from 377 last year to 452, now we go up to 27.5. And if we adjust Mr. Field's completion percentage from 60, not even 59 and change, but from 60 to 65, that's 18 completions. How are we chopping up those 18 completions? How many go to Cole Komet and and Darnell Mooney and DJ Moore and Chase Claypool and the running backs? Sir, there's not enough volume for DJ Moore to carry the value of first. It bums me out big time, but I must once again rule in favor of Mr. Jason Allwine.
2: Your Honor, permission to speak freely. Uh, Speak away, sir. There's no way on God's green earth I would ever trade two firsts for DJ Moore. I will defend it. (laughs) But I would never make it. This is a slam dunk for Team A. No doubt about it. But Jason, you did a great job presenting the facts.
1: And you did your level best trying to. to
2: I I will defend DJ Moore until I am blue in the cheeks.
1: You were polishing Uh, that turd.
2: It was not easy to do. Uh Jason, I'm picking the sides next week. Next time we do is I'm picking. Well, I wanted to to have DJ more. Yeah. Or you just wanted to have a slam dunk here. No, I don't know. I, I think it's, I honestly think it's, it's fair.
3: I mean, I know that 2026 is so far away, but it's still a first round pick. And, uh, been doing some top five graphics for, for the Instagram and Facebook and Terrace Marshall keeps popping up and some efficiency metrics for receivers. I I, I mean it's a lottery ticket. I'm still the, probably taking the first side, but I don't think
1: The only thing in this trade that's guaranteed, well, I guess the 26 first, the only thing in this trade guaranteed to accumulate more value between now and this time next year. Well, I guess the drafts will be over. Are those 24 first? Definitely. They're only gonna Definitely. go up, up. And and if you got those as a contender, which I mean even as a contender you may consider moving DJ Moore for this haul you could use one of those first midseason end season to go get like a vet and uh, so yeah this is pretty easily the first but it it, it looks uh, it looks good on paper this next this next trade though is the one I'm really excited for
2: yeah we had the Harry Snowman in the chat he is an actual real life lawyer and uh he's throwing out the term sidebar and stuff. I think I need to take some cues. Maybe I have to get some lessons, some quick. Uh, you should you, you should know. counsel <laughs> up with Harry. So some Rob's got to give me some lawyer for lawyers for dummies uh lingo for next time. So uh, but anyway, I'm down to oh, 020, we got to move on to trade number 3. This one is an absolute blockbuster of 12 team PPR Superflex 2.0 TEP star 11. Jason, you are up to 0 I will again give you the choice of giving the opening statement or the closing remarks.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll just go ahead and start off here, and I am sorry for picking this side again. To me, I, I honestly think that this is the most slam dunk of the trades that have come out. I was going to present an exhibit, but it doesn't let me just show a file uh, on StreamYard. So my exhibit was the trade analyzer, though. On the trade analyzer, it does have team one at 728.25 and team two at 591 points. It's it's just, for me, I would rather have Kirk Cousins over Matthew Stafford. In a two-point tight end premium, it's still very arguable, but I th- I think that Mark Andrews is probably more valuable than CeeDee Lamb. Extremely, extremely arguable. But Tony Pollard over DeAndre Swift, and... I, a 2025 first for Elijah Moore is is honestly highway robbery to me. So I, I every single side of this trade for Team A to me stacks up over Team B. I don't feel like I have to bring metrics into it. So I'm just going to rest my case there and hope that's enough.
2: Your Honor, I will I will relinquish one of what uh, my colleague here has has brought of, brought before you, and that is that I would much rather have Kirk Cousins than Matthew Stafford, but I would argue. That every single one of these other assets should go in favor of Team B. Last year, uh, if you, you know, we're all in the Scott Fish Bowl. Scott Bowl is 2.0 tight end premium. Uh, and I was doing a little research for this draft, looking at last year's statistics with this year's scoring, which is the tight end premium. CeeDee Lamb was a far better producer. Than Mark Andrews CeeDee Lamb is younger and CeeDee Lamb's coming off of a 1400 yard receiving season in which he was wide receiver seven on a points per game basis, absolute smash season. And he's on the ascending offense. So I don't think it's as slam dunk as some may have said in Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is two years older than DeAndre Swift. This time, two years ago, Tony Pollard's value was in the tank. DeAndre Swift puts together a nice 23 season. He is back on the same trajectory as a 26-year-old Tony Pollard. And when you look at what we loved about Pollard throughout his career in Dallas was his efficiency metrics. Well, DeAndre Swift is the efficiency god in his limited role with the Detroit lions in which he only had a 41.8% snap share. He was still running back 15 on a points per game basis, was able to score eight touchdowns, had a fifth highest breakaway run rate, second yards per touch and second in yards created per touch. And on an offense like the Eagles, he could absolutely go bananas. And if I'm going to talk about a 24 first for Elijah Moore, I would say that is a slam dunk, no doubt about it. But with the factor of time in my favor, Elijah Moore is a big breakout season from potentially netting me another 25 first a year from now when I still have that time to play for it. So, yes, cousins over Stafford every single day of the week. But I would argue that Lamb over Andrews, Swift over Pollard, and Moore over the 25 first in Dynasty. So I will rest my case there, Your Honor. The floor is yours.
1: Well, 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 first of all. I, I want to start by Mr. Kiwoom saying that the the clients you've taken on tonight have you working harder than an ugly stripper. You are working, <laughs> you are working your tail off to uh, to make it work for your clients. This t- team B, team B looks like a JPP's hand post firework accident. You got like you got like one you got like one good appendage left. That's C D Lamb. It <laughs> looks like a bunch of burnt nubs. I, I would, because so here's the here's the fun fact: Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford are the same age. They're both thirty five. No, 35. no they're, way. They're both, yeah, Matthew Matthew Stafford turned thirty five in February, and Kirk Cousins oh. turned thirty five. I'm sorry, Kirk Cousins turns thirty five next month. So they're what? about they They're about eight months apart in age. And Cousins is, just
2: has an elbow. Matt Stafford doesn't yeah, yeah, you
1: have an know, elbow. And, and, and as it relates to dynasty, which is what we do, they are both—they are both not 100 percent sure whether where they'll be working next year. This is the last year of Kirk Cousins' deal. You know, it was rumored that Stafford was allegedly on the trade block, and he could retire. I mean, the the yeah. lure of that Tony Romo Amazon money is going to keep pulling. You know smart, fun, articulate guys. And I think Stafford could be that guy. So I don't know how much longer either one of these guys got, but there's, there's no world where I've seen DeAndre Swift consistently produce like Tony Pollard. And they're both on one-year deals. Tony Pollard playing on the, on the franchise tag and DeAndre Swift the last year of his rookie deal. He'll be a free agent. I'm praying that he's the backfill for Austin Eckler in LA with the Chargers. But the the piece that sticks out giving the format is Mark Andrews. That much volume and a two-point tight end premium just makes this so delicious. And I love Elijah Moore. I really think there's an opportunity to do interesting stuff in Cleveland with this offense because I think you're going to see a big shift toward the passing game. And you're going to see things you've not seen in Cleveland, whereas before that's been very Nick Chubb heavy. I think you're going to see a ton of stuff in this Cleveland offense this year. Plus, you got the first. Matt, you did a great job trying to sell this side, but this is clearly Team a. Slam I would agree.
2: I would agree it's Team A, uh, a but I will here. say one thing, though. I will say this. In my own ranting, I did tell myself, and now I believe it, I would rather have DeAndre Swift in Dynasty than Tony Pollard because you're 100% right. One of these running backs has not produced nearly as consistent as the other one. You just got the names wrong, Memphis. Pollard has one season inside the top 30 on a points per game basis where DJ Swift has never finished outside the top 15 on a points per game basis at the running back
1: position. So, but, if anyone's been But, but more that's a smaller sample season. because he misses so many damn games. That's the problem. That's the problem is that he misses so many he, games that we, we we don't have this full sample. And now point. he's in I mean, he like a super He he But here's the thing. I will say this. This is the trade, guys. We've got some more trades to cover. I will say, if you can get DeAndre Swift in a dynasty league cheap, he could wind up in a lot of juicy spots next year because there's a ton of free agency and a ton of free agency oh, yeah. move. Oh, yeah. And, and he's in a very convoluted backfield. They still have Boston Scott. They've got Gainwell. They, they've got uh, Penny. And, I, and I'm missing somebody. I feel like they've got like a, a bevy. Of, of running yeah, back
2: yeah they have the force so the, the four guys right now yeah, Swift, they, 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 they've they got a Austin and, and Gainwell
1: yeah so so some of these guys you know there's going to be potentially a, a buying window in season from a very dissatisfied GM on DeAndre Swift he's the kind of player that if you're you're trying to get him as a throw-in in season it's going to be perfect because here's what happens he winds up You know, maybe it's L.A. with the Chargers or in the Bengals to replace Joe Mixon. And all of a sudden, without even playing a game for that new team, his dynasty value just skyrockets. So a lot of things can happen with DeAndre Swift because he went to Georgia. He was a Debbie darling. He was a a highly recruited player. So there's some insulation there. But just if I'm building, given this format, I got to take the other side.
2: So Harry Snowman, he's been one of our best you know, guests every single week. He's asking this question. I think we should answer it. What draft pick do you think Swift is worth right now, guys? First.
1: Today, I'd give any second. I'd give any second. I would not give a first. If I had to give a 24 second and like a 20, 25 third, I would, because those are picks that are easily recoupable or able to recoup down the line. But I'm not giving up a first. No, not with this draft class, not, not the way that first – If I'm giving up a first, I want a premium player that I feel 95% barring injury is really going to help me this year, and that's not DeAndre Swift. I can't do it.
2: Would you give up two seconds?
1: Yeah, if I could. I mean, I'm I'm that guy. I'm always going to try to squeeze that third back. I'll give you two seconds for DeAndre Swift and like a 25 third or something, because you know they just at that point if it gets the deal done, fine, whatever. But yeah, I would. I mean, yeah, because he's he's still super young and he's he's going to be on an, an exciting offense, so. Again, his name value, he was like, again, this is the the thing with Devi and and Power Five conferences, and it's cognitive dissonance. Once you believe something, it's very hard to not continue to believe it. So he's going to hold some value, and he's going to be – just mark. write this down. Come back to this Trade Gods podcast. Save it. Leave it in your phone for seven months, and come back in seven months when NFL free agency is going on and, and he winds up on a new team and his dynasty value goes bananas. You heard it here first, more than likely on the Trade Gods podcast. That's why you tune in and subscribe to Player Profiler's YouTube channel.
2: And that's why you bring Memphis on. And, Jason, you said you would potentially move uh, 24 first. I, I first was grade. kind
3: of thinking more like if I owned DeAndre Swift, I would want a first. And okay, I, got you it. Know, got you it, tried to it. get him off of me, and you did get him off me in the Trade Gods league. Victim of circumstances here, I downgraded too far and had to clear roster space and took three seconds for him and Penny. Uh it is what it is. I would have liked to get a first for Swift. I, I don't think Fair if enough. I have Swift, I'm taking just a second. Something else gets thrown in, maybe. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm giving a first, though, either. So, so maybe that means that DeAndre Swift is a
2: hold. So Jason has won the night. That's his third point. There's no way I can come back for that. But we still have two trades for the All sake right. of the show. Let's get into it. I will go first. I know you've won the show, but the rules are now out the door because the game's
1: over. So I will. Well, well, can I interject real quick as the judge? Of course, you're the judge. You can tell the real, can the, do real winner, the real winners are the listening audience. Now, no. You, no, no, like no. Jason's contest, a Yeah, it. Well, Jason beat you, me. You guys figure that yeah! out how, how you may. But you know what? You guys are putting this in the show's more over. Listeners.
2: Yeah, the listeners know. The listeners tune in for our witty banter and our trade breakdowns. And we have two more to break down. So I'm still going to give it my all. I'm still going to talk about both oh, my side. And I am defending Team A here. This is a 12 team PPR Superflex start 10. You want them studs? Team A gave up Dak Prescott in a 24 first to receive a 2023 first round pick. It is the 1 0 in this year's rookie draft, so I will be defending the side that got Dak Prescott in a 24 first. Dak Prescott is a top 12 receiver in Dynasty, conservatively. He's absolutely going to make a massive difference in a Superflex Start 10 format. And on top top of all that, yes, you're losing the 103, which is looking like Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. So that's a fair price to pay to get a difference maker now in a 24 first on it from theoretically a team that isn't going to be as good with that 103 as opposed to Dak Prescott. So you could come out of this a year from now with Dak Prescott and Marvin Harrison, Dak Prescott and Drake May, Dak Prescott and potentially Caleb Williams. So this is a slam dunk for the team getting Dak Prescott in the 24 first. I will rest my case there.
3: Yeah, Your Honor. My client and I mostly just want to enter a plea deal and avoid. (laughs) We'd like to avoid criminal charges here. Sure. We could be looking back in five years from now and CJ Stroud or Bryce Young are fantastic quarterbacks, franchise guys, and this is worth it. But that's a big if. That's a really big if. Dak Prescott's going to get you points now and there's two quarterbacks in next year's draft class that are fantastic. So it, I, I do think that team A sides wins and we would just like a criminal or to avoid the criminal charges here. If you'd like, I can use my floor time to hype up CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. But um, I think that in terms of this trade and getting the show moving, we just we just want a nice little arrangement here, Judge.
1: Yeah, a c- couple of couple of things. I have spoken with the <laughs> DA. There are criminal charges being brought against team A and I am ordering a court-mandated uh, psych evaluation for the GM of Team B. <laughs> Why do we hate nice things? Why do we not like nice things? Is Dak Prescott that boring? Now, here's the one caveat. Let's say you play in a league with a bunch of Ohio State fans or um, for some reason, you know, C.J. Stroud, maybe, maybe this is in an Alabama league and someone took – bryce young very early with the 102 and maybe you're thinking anthony richardson I'm, I'm swinging for the stars even then even if that's your belief that you're you're you see mm-hmm. Dak prescott as kirk cousins boring cousin could be i i, I don't disagree with that then just offer the 103 or just offer Dak for the 103 yeah if you're looking for something Someone got crazy, and and you're looking at a rich or even crazier. B. John Robinson's there. Maybe that's what happened, but without that amount of context, this is a crime. This is a two eleven. That's a robbery in progress. <laughs> and I am going one hundred percent for Team A. Maddie, you got a winner. You're on the board, baby.
2: Baby, let's go. Every once in a while, a layup does feel nice. Let's move on to the fifth and final trade. This is a twelve team PPR one QB start ten. Again, you want them studs. Team A is receiving Rashad Bateman and Garrett Wilson. Team B is receiving Jalen Waddle. Why don't you take opening statements this time, Jason? I think you haven't done it yet tonight. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. I First off, your
3: honor, we have to get ahead of it and recognize that, yes, Garrett Wilson is ahead of Jalen Waddle in dynasty rankings and in, in many dynasty rankings. However, we're clearing roster space and also recognizing that this is a fantastic selling opportunity For an asset that is likely going to be in a worse situation in years to come. For an asset like Jalen Waddle where it can only get better. Tyreek Hill will begin to slow down and Waddle's targets will go up and up and up. And last year, Jalen Waddle was one of the most efficient wide receivers in the league. I would say arguably the most efficient wide receiver. He had the 24th most targets in the league, but he had the 7th most yards added into perspective of this trade waddle had 31 less targets than wilson but 253 more yards he also doubled garrett wilson's touchdown total eight touchdowns versus four touchdowns for garrett wilson again with 31 less balls going his way for me and my client i feel like the roster spot and the the uh safety of Jalen waddle that we're gonna have for years to come Makes this trade fair for my client, and you know perhaps in this world we also had to in uh, this one QB league and we're going for a little fun stack action don't know for sure, but that that is fun little wrinkle to throw in and otherwise we're going to rest our case here and, and hear what we what, what Maddie has to say about Wilson and Bateman
2: Garrett Wilson last year saw the sixth most targets in the NFL, the ninth most red zone targets in the NFL, mm. and he was a top 20 in route wins last year so he is a winner at the line of scrimmage getting open for his quarterback but the problem was his quarterback last year was zach wilson his quarterback was horrible and there are a few metrics that suggest that absolutely was the case garrett wilson had an accuracy uh, a target accuracy rating of 6.6 that was 90th in the nfl Last year Garrett Wilson, he had 12.7 fantasy points per game that was 30th most, but his expected fantasy points per game were 15, 13th in the NFL. And he had 837 unrealized air yards that was the 6th highest mark amongst qualified wide receivers. This profile suggests there is going to be some positive regression or dare I say progression for Garrett Wilson because it's coming in the form of a Hall of Fame quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. And on top of getting Garrett Wilson, you are also getting a lottery ticket at this point in Rashad Bateman. You know, he has not fired in the manner of which we thought Rashad Bateman would. But taking on a a lottery ticket, a chance like Bateman, is, is really just negated by the fact that you're also getting a blue chip, top five, dynasty wide receiver on top of it. So, the lottery ticket who could fire and become the prospect that we all thought he would be in this Todd Munkin offense and Garrett Wilson makes the team A side an absolute slamadooski. Well, well,
1: well, well. First of all, I, I hope that the good listeners of the Trade God podcast, if you ever need a lawyer, I hope you get one that works as hard as these two gentlemen have tonight. <laughs> because a couple of these trades, these guys have been handed absolute cinder blocks instead of life preservers, <laughs> and they're and they're and they're doing their damnedest to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. So for me, Garrett Wilson's my wide receiver for in a startup right now. So I would take him over Waddle anyway. This would be a crime if Rashad Bateman was actually good at football, and maybe he can be, but something tells me you keep drafting first-round wide receivers, you're probably not too thrilled and you're allegedly in on Hopkins and bringing in Odell Beckham Jr. If they thought you were a dude, they wouldn't keep bringing in other dudes. This can also serve you well in your love life. Take that for for what it is. (laughs) But I do do love Jalen Waddell. I don't think it matters if Tyreek Hills there or not, because this is clearly a two-man receiving game maybe they sprinkle in some of the running backs. And, and the cool thing about Jalen Waddle is that Miami, if I remember correctly, is like $65 million bucks over the cap already next year. The owner, Stephen Ross, very wealthy, but very old. And he is pushing his chips in because he's trying to chase a championship. He's putting the, the future salary cap on the credit card, a la the Saints. So Jalen Waddle is going to do well. But for me, I'm a Garrett Wilson guy. Now, I will say this, if it was just Jalen Waddle and maybe, I don't know who's the, the wide receiver, and Alan Lazard in Miami, different conversation. But when you have one of the all-time best wide receivers, and I am willing to say that about Tyreek Hill, one of the all-time best wide receivers on your roster currently and playing at a high level, it's hard for me to take Jalen Waddle over Garrett Wilson. So great job by both uh, litigators tonight, but uh, ruling in favor of, of team A.
2: Oh, gets on the board again. Maybe we should rearrange the trades so that we could have went into a rubber match situation, uh, uh, Jason. But, <laughs> you know, next, time, yeah, next time, yeah, next don't
1: time, don't give them all away. you know. But, yeah. but you guys are working yeah. hard. I mean, when, when people think about this, when you hire a lawyer like our friend Harry Snowman in, in the chat, you know, when you scratch that check, when you get done with those services, remember that those services are very valuable. So kudos to both you guys for uh, excellent litigation skills. Thank
2: you. I appreciate that, Your Honor. And you were absolutely the most honorable judge this trade court has ever seen. It was nice to get on the board. But for this trade, I actually would be a little bit interested if Bateman was on the other side. That might make it a little bit more intriguing, down, you know, down-tiering from Wilson to Waddle getting Bateman. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that another day. It was good to compete against you, Jason. You are victorious here tonight. And that concludes this week's segment of I had to shake hands real quick. (laughs) All rise for the Honorable Trade
0: Gods. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 Draft Kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team and you get even more in-depth analysis all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights that give you the team level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, Individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you can take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioners section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league. Do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, (laughs) it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com
2: slash draft kit. Go get it. Shout out to the world famous draft kit. And shout out to you guys for working on it. Memphis, Jason, it's been incredible. Player profiler. We got a ton of stuff coming. Uh, and it, it just it just keeps coming. Not only do we add Dynasty Warzone to the network, J- Memphis, you've done a show each week for two, three, four months. Now it's been a little while, right? You've you've been cranking them out here. I've been a guest. It's a fantastic you and Jerry kill it each and every week on the Dynasty Warzone. And there's another show that is now on the network. It is the 1st and 15 fantasy show. They have been diving into a lot of running back talk, which backups can become starters, some late-tier guys, and where do they see each running back being tiered out. So if you want some high-end fantasy analysis, check in on the 1st and 15 show that comes out right after trade gods each and every week so we couldn't leave you out you know our listeners were so glad that you stuck around because of course we're going to hit you with our favorite segment
1: it's time to buy and sell
2: this week the three players that we are talking about what buys or sells geno smith kyle Pitt, Michael Pittman. we're going to start with geno smith memphis are you buying or selling mr geno smith
1: I'm I'm buying Mr. Geno Smith. It's the Jared golf corollary. You got a mid head coach. You got a mid GM. They overvalued a mid QB and they surrounded him with a lot of weapons just to keep him nine and eight. What happens? You never really finish high enough to get a draft pick that allows you to replace him. I call this the Indianapolis Colts corollary as well. And the Colts <laughs> finally had a bombed enough season to potentially get the QB of the future. And, and I say that jokingly. I do like Pete Carroll and I, I think they've done a good job of surrounding him. I mean, JSN, DK Metcalf, Lockett, you know, Noah offense still there. You know, they they added additional running backs. I mean, they, they're believing in this offense. And if I told you QBR, ESPN created QBR because it's a QB efficiency metric. If I told you last year in 2022 that Geno Smith was more efficient than Joe Burrow, you might not have believed me, but it's true. Geno Smith is probably going to give you a two to three year window, you know, given his age, early 30s of solid QB two production and he's going to have QB one week. So he's a buy at his current value and um, I'm good with uh, Gino as a buy.
2: Jason, what are you buying or selling a Gino Smith?
3: This one, this one was kind of one of the tougher ones that I think that we're going to discuss tonight for me, because I do want to be buying him. But I also think that in a lot of dynasty communities, especially with Gino Smith owners, that he's a little bit more expensive to acquire than what the price tag actually looks like. So I think if I roster him, I'm holding him. I'm not necessarily looking to sell. I'm buying him if I can actually acquire him. And I might sell him depending on what the package is. I do think that there are some quarterbacks behind him that could find some similar situations where they just end up being surrounded by really good weapons and becoming efficient quarterbacks. Jared Goff is cheaper than Geno Smith. Uh, Brock Purdy is cheaper than Geno Smith. Mac Jones, if DeHop comes to town, and my boy Desmond Ritter, I think also, if you can get a nice cherry on top of any of those quarterbacks, you're you're looking at a Geno Smith light probably, um, except for Jared Goff, who's basically Jared Goff, any or Geno Smith anyway. But with with you know a fun coupon also thrown in on top. So I guess ultimately, really just comes down to what you're getting or what you're paying. But good quarterback, like the future ahead of him, all of that stuff.
2: Geno's path to becoming fantasy relevant. It was so unique that I, there are a bunch of scenarios where teams that aren't in it in 2023 uh, roster him because he came, you know, either last picks in drafts or a free agent. So if I do roster him and I don't believe I'm a championship contender, he's a sell. But I want to talk about the buying end because if I am a contender and he does hit the market, I will buy third in money throws, fourth and true completion percentage, third in deep ball accuracy rating. They added JSN. He was QB8 on a points-per-game basis last year. I think he can do that again, even with all that mid up in Seattle as a football club. For fantasy team, he's a little bit above that now. you uh, can't believe it, but he's one of those guys that's coming at a deal. He is a quarterback 22 on our rebuilding dynasty ranks in QB14 on the player profile, win now, Dynasty Rank. So I think that suggests that what we're all saying, we're all kind of lockstep here, that you're looking to buy if you're looking to win. So that's going to put a bow on Mr. Gino Smith. The next guy, you see him in the graphic, and if you're listening on the podcast, I'm dragging this out because it's a big one. We're talking Kyle Pitts. Buy or sell Kyle Pitts, Mr. Memphis Young.
1: Why do you want this audience to hate me? Why why'd you put me on here with, with Kyle Pitts? He's a sell for me. Uh, kudos. I, th- this is one of the things that makes me proud to be part of the player profiler team. We actually have him as a very reasonable tight end three overall in, a, in our dynasty rankings, whereas you go to some sites, they have him as the tight end one. What has he done? You know, I don't want to hear college, guys. This is year three of your professional career. It's the same thing I feel about Justin Fields. I don't give a shit about Ohio State. That was three years ago. I mean, I had hair three years ago. Now, here I am talking about fantasy football with you guys. JPP had a hand just JPP years had ago. a hand. I mean, it was, it was a while. So I, I would much rather sell him and try to get a TJ. If I can get any plus, if I can get TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, any of those guys, because you know what those guys do? Not only are they, quote, unquote, less valuable, they do this really cool thing called score fantasy points, not imaginary <laughs> points that could or couldn't happen but I want the guys that actually score fantasy points. And if you'll give me a little something on the side, and then again, I'm always going to do this because tight end is such a weird position. Why does Kyle Pitts have to break out any more than, than, than Dalton Kincaid or Michael Mayer or Trey McBride or Chigga Congo? Why does he have to, is it because he went to the sec? Is it because the Debbie darlings and the Debbie dudes told you he was going to be the next man? What has he actually done? I know he had a thousand yards as, as a rookie, but the, he was the first one since Mike Dick in like 1847, right after the gunfight at the OK Corral. No one cares. I want fantasy points. That's all I want. I want fantasy points, and he's yet to deliver those. So I'm going to use his name cachet, and I'm going to go move on to someone who scores points and take anything else I get as a bonus.
2: I'm with you, Memphis. I am also selling. This is not a knock on his ability. It is a situation and price thing for me. Um, he's widely considered at worst Tight end three, like you said, Memphis, in a few places he's considered tight end one in Dynasty. And when you look at the Trade Finder tool on PlayerProfiler.com, and if you want to get that, you can use the promo code Maddie or Jason to get $10 off of the Dynasty Deluxe and all of the features on the all-in package. So when you look at the trades on the Trade Finder, here are a few that happened within the last 10 days so recent trades involving kyle pitts you were able to sell kyle pitts for mark andrews and amari cooper cha-ching for me pitts in a 24 second and third for hawkinson in a 24 first and third cha-ching pitts for kenneth walker and trey mcbride again i am taking the side of the top six Dynasty running back and a tight end that I think could ascend to that next level. Jason alluded to it earlier. We talk about it all the time. If you are gonna down tier and, and tier down at tight end, go way down and get yourself a top six, top three, top five. We'll see where he lands in a year. But Kenneth Walker is a B. So I am true I am selling, not because I don't believe in the kid's talent, but because the price is just so juicy, even as recently as 10 days ago. So we're selling. Jason, you told me what you're going to talk about here earlier when we were chit chatting uh, before uh, during the day, but I'm going to let you take the floor here, buddy.
3: I'm doing it. I am buying Kyle Pitts. And I want to preface this with last year I was selling Kyle Pitts. There's a player profiler article out there from last offseason naming him my number one tight end sell. This year I'm back in. I am buying Kyle Pitts, not just because of my Falcons fandom, but. Before I get completely anecdotal, I will pull out some metrics from last year. He had the second best target share. He led all tight ends in target rate, air yard share, deep targets, unrealized air yards, and average cushion, while playing in, what, 12 games, I think? I think it was 12 games. 12 or all 11, even. Yeah, so it, to lead in those categories with limited game time is incredible. And now I just want to get a little bit anecdotal, because we talked about Scott Fishbowl privately before the show, and... Uh, yesterday or two days ago now, maybe at this point, I was on the clock, Kyle Pitts was sh- staring me in the face in tight end and I was really thinking about it. Ultimately, I passed on Kyle Pitts, but the second, I swear to you, the second I decided not to, not to pick Kyle Pitts, it all just hit me, like a light bulb switch went off to where I am back in on Kyle Pitts, and I wish I picked him, and here's why. Right now, all of us, everyone in the fantasy football community has no idea... How these Falcons' targets are going to be distributed, and are also expecting not that many pass targets in general. And we've never seen Desmond Ritter play with Kyle Pitts. It's a complete unknown. So I, I you break it down, and I think all of us here can agree. Everyone listening can agree that Bijan Robinson is gonna get his. No ifs, ands, or buts. Bijan Robinson is gonna get whatever he needs in this offense. So then you're like, okay, how is it gonna break down between Drake London and Kyle Pitts? And then you remember, oh, Drake London's going to have the cornerback one coverage 90% of the time. And Kyle Pitts isn't even going to be playing the traditional tight end position because the Falcons just brought in Jonu Smith. They're going to be using Kyle Pitts all over like they have been historically. He led the league last year in cushion, showing that actually he's given some, some space when he's running his routes. He did that also in his rookie year. I think that the pieces are finally coming together for Kyle Pitts to lead this Falcons offense in target share, in volume. Uh, and actually, be the fantasy football contributor that we have been wanting him to be. I know it's anecdotal, but when I'm trying to piece together what this Falcons offense is going to look like, I think Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson are going to be the targets that are open more often than not. Bijan Robinson starts tearing things up. You've got a linebacker or a strong safety committed to him every single play, and Kyle Pitts has a weak corner covering him. It's just a recipe for success. I, I, I'm in. I'm 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 in on Kyle Pitts. I'm doing it. I'm doing it.
2: All right. I mean, listen. the 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 skill set is tantalizing, and once he pops, you aren't getting him. So if you even At have all- an inkling that you want him, then you got to go now because if he fires, like, de- like 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 Memphis and I alluded to when we talked earlier, that this guy he is his price is so high right now. Can you imagine what it will be if he gets another rack and finishes as tight end three? On the season, I mean that well, could be massive for his. I, value. I would
1: go as I would go as far as to say if he had even Tyler Higby' season from last year. I know in in full point in in that's full probably point true. You know, I, I think if I remember correctly, in one point seven five tight end premium, Higby finished as the tight end six. If he even finishes there, it's it's right back to the moon. It's it, that's enough of a sample, you know. That that people are going to be in. I'm not telling you to be out. I'm just out at cost. Yeah, you know, because I, I, because you know, I, 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 I'm always very nervous buying things. The the one thing at the top, the tippy top of the market, because there's nowhere to go. Yeah. So if you pay the absolute ceiling, like it's kind of like like a new car. The minute you drive it off the lot, it's never worth more than the minute that you drove it off the lot. Mm -hmm. Whereas it can only go down. So I, I like Kyle Pitts, the athlete. Now, if Kyle Pitts was was in uh LA. He was in the Chargers. He replaced Gerald Everett. Like they sent Gerald like in a quasi crazy Memphis trade. They sent Gerald Everett and Quentin Johnston to Atlanta for Kyle Pitts. I go from six to midnight.
2: But 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 unfortunately <laughs> he's
1: he's still in Atlanta. So uh, I, I'm wishing the kid the best. I just can't pay those prices.
2: For sure. So it, the, the talent's there. The price is also super super high. So but if you want them, you gotta do it now. Speaking of players whose value has been fluctuate oh, has been volatile, I should say, over the last couple of years, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, I'll get us started here. I'm buying Michael Pittman Jr. He's wide receiver 32 on keep trade cut. But at player profile, our dynasty ranks, we got him at wide receiver 24. That is a signal to buy, in my opinion. Wide receiver 22 in uh, 2021. Wide receiver 21. In 2022, that is hilarious that it actually planned out like that. I'm just realizing that now that 21-22 was the combination for both years. But I don't know. Maybe I should stop looking at weird things like that. Anyway, he did both of those, and he was able to get damn near top 20 uh, season with some bum-ass quarterbacks. And last year with, you know, Dusty Matt Ryan. I'm sorry, Jason. I know you feel. But Dusty-ass Matt Ryan. Oh He was second in total route wins, third in win rate versus man coverage, which tells me he can beat, really good opposing corners and a 52.2% contested catch rate. That is a good sign for his new quarterback, Anthony Richardson. So as he's scrambling around shedding defenders and he just tosses a couple up to Michael Pittman, he has a better than 50 50 shot at coming down with that 50 50 ball. And like I said, he's paired with Anthony Richardson, the best, quarterback of his career, the most talented and most athletic quarterback uh, in this class. Oh, I should say the most athletic quarterback in this class, the most talented quarterback the Colts have seen in some time. So I'm buying Michael Pittman. Jason, what are you doing? Buying or selling Mr. Pittman?
3: I'm selling Michael Pittman. And it it's similar to the Falcons offense, even to where, you know, it, we're deciding how is everything going to be divided and what's even going to be there to begin with. And when you already have a wide receiver like Michael Pittman, who's valued at like wide receiver twenty-four, back end wide receiver two, um, it to me the wide receiver market itself, regardless of how good my, Michael Pittman could finish right there, I'm not arguing that at all that he's gonna be bad. But the wide receiver market itself is just so volatile. There's people breaking out year in year out that I I just I think that I would be selling Michael Pittman for some lottery tickets and not really take on the risk of what the Anthony Richardson Colts offense is going to look like. Because everyone right now is going to say, Jonathan Taylor is going to be fantastic. Jelani Woods is going to break out. Michael Pittman is going to perform at ADP. All of those things can't happen at all. And I think it's easy to say that. It it might be Jonathan Taylor. It might be Michael Pittman. It might be Jelani Woods. It's not going to be all three. And therefore, I'm not going to take the risk on a single one. To be honest, if it is, it's going to be Woods because he's so cheap. But I just, I, I, I'm not betting on on uh, on the most expensive asset in a questionable offense.
2: Now, Memphis, I saved you for last because you are our guest. You're going to close out the show, but you're also an Indianapolis Colts fan. It's true. So, are you buying or selling Michael Pittman Jr.?
1: Well, well first of all, uh, I appreciate all the nice compliments that Jason paid. Anthony Richardson said, but I'm gonna sit here and listen to him to you know, besmirch the good name of Philip Rivers, <laughs> father of 17 kids, the best quarterback Michael Pittman's ever played with. I mean, he's a borderline hall of famer. It was in within three points he in of, of beating Buffalo of beaten Buffalo.
2: McDusterson.
1: He had his most efficient dusty year that year. So he I'm happy I'm, 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 I'm,
2: Dusterson I'm, throwing from here. Hey, that's McMahon McMahon was awesome.
1: No, no. Oh so, 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 Matt Ryan. This is we're gonna
2: do. This how we,
1: we're gonna close out the show, Memphis. We, 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 we fell into Phillip the Philip Rivers had a fine year with the Colts. It was, it was no Joe Namath with the with the Chiefs or whatever. But he's a hold for me. You know, Maddie, you had him as a buy. Jason, you, had him, I have him as a hold. I'm exploring okay. markets. If I have him, I'm just gonna hang on. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that Shane Steichen can work his magic because the one thing I've I've heard is that. The Colts receiving weapons work perfectly for an athletic quarterback like Anthony Richardson. They're big-bodied wide receivers. Alec Pierce is a big dude. Michael mm-hmm. Pittman is a big dude. Jelani Woods, Mo Alley-Cox, these are big guys. And it's kind of like that basketball team. And you don't want, like, the short, accurate guys. You want the jump ball, the, the box amount specialist – And I do believe there's a world where Michael Pittman can be successful. Plus, he's a pending free agent. They have not extended him. So he could be, you know, doing his thing next year somewhere else. I don't know because of the rookie contract makes it a little bit more appealing for the Colts to re-sign him. Uh, If I'm buying, I'm looking kind of like in that DeAndre Swift market. Can I get him for a couple of seconds? I would not give a first if I was going to move him. I would want a first because you see the upside. You see the talent contract year so many variables with Michael Pittman he's the kind of guy that if they've not extended him by midseason, because the 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 salary um oh my gosh the uh the franchise tag is so expensive for wide receivers with the money that Chase is getting ready to get and the money that Jefferson's Mm -hmm. getting ready to get the money that that Tyreek Hill makes it would be hard for the Colts to want a franchise tag for him for a year so he's the guy again who could you know be on the move so i'm holding him and just kind of like seeing how the season goes uh and even if it goes absolute worst case scenario for you the upside is is that anthony richardson has room to grow as a quarterback yeah. and he could take himself somewhere else because i think if Pittman actually hit the market because like i could think he would be like like the best quality of wide receiver to like really hit the free agent market because guys right. like jj and 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 chase and those guys are never hitting the market he at like 26 and a half years old next year could be a like a a big money guy, so hold for me. Do like the talent, a little unsure of the situation,
2: yeah. And especially with this NFL today, there's less and less uh elite receivers that hit the market, they get extended. We saw that with AJ Brown, we've seen that with DK, uh, um, DJ Moore. We've seen a lot of these guys get extended. McLaren, it, McLaren you're gonna have to trade for them, uh, and then extend them. They're they, they don't really hit the open market, you know. Like that's they, you, uh, you
1: said the word, account. you know, this is trade gods, you know, this is the new NFL. This yeah, it is. Where the Colts could be in, you know, they they could be like the trade deadline's right around Halloween, give or take a week. And mm-hmm. they, they could be somewhere like around, you know, three and six, four and five, and be like, hey, you know, we're not going to be able to do much with this guy. We're not going to re-sign him. What would a contender give us for Michael Pittman? Wow. You know, if if you were a, a team, maybe a team loses a wide receiver. Cause for the Colts, if you could get a first rounder for him, which sounds crazy, but it wasn't that long ago that Stefan Diggs fetched a first from a contender and crazier things have happened. So I, I like Michael Pittman as a hold for those reasons. Just want to throw that out there when you said the word trade, because the NFL trades more than ever.
2: Oh yeah. They getting more and more like, you know, some of the other sports and we love it because it's just craziness. We want that integration of fantasy football and fantasy and real life football. So we love it here at trade gods and we love you Memphis young. That's going to wrap up this episode of trade gods, Memphis, Thank you so much for kicking it with us, giving us some of your time on this Thursday night, but the floor is yours. Go ahead and talk about anything that you'd like to promote where the fine folks can find you on socials, all that good stuff.
1: Uh, All I want to do is obviously you're already on player profiler. You'll catch me here every other Monday. Got a show coming up this Monday for kiss the ring. We have not promoted kiss the ring. That's my commissioner podcast. Uh, We've, we've been going every other Monday, even during the holiday um, big thing is, is the Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel and podcast channel. We do a show at Simulcast on the Player Profiler YouTube channel and podcast channel, but we do bonus content. We drop that on Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. We have our own little mini team, uh, a guy named Dallas, a guy named Jesse, Chad, Mike. Um, we'll have our redraft guys. We'll be kicking it up soon. We're a, we're a smaller network, but I really believe in the talent that our network has. So pretty pleased with sugar on top. Head over to the Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel. And just click subscribe. I promise you, you'll find uh, some good people, and we'll continue to help you with some different perspectives on your, on your dynasty teams and fantasy yeah, teams
2: me, and redraft teams in general. Make sure you check that out. Dallas is awesome. His team's awesome. You and Jerry have a great show. I've, I've been lucky enough to come on with just you, and then uh, with you and Jerry. Uh, check that out episode. It was a few weeks ago. Uh, I said some crazy things about Garrett Wilson. It was so bad that it was Memphis so bad. The power.
1: It was so bad that it blew a transformer here in <laughs> in the the city of Fishers, Indiana. And like I lost power and was unable to to leave the show. That's how hot that take was. Yeah, you did. You did Dynasty Cells with us. And that was uh, we just wrapped up that series. We did Dynasty Cells with yourself. Mm-hmm. We did Dynasty Buys with our friend Dan Williamson of the Goat District, also simulcast here on the Player Profiler YouTube channel. And then last week we did holds with Theo, Theo of every podcast on the player profiler network. <laughs> I think Theo just actually started three more podcasts in the course of us doing one. So tons <laughs> of good stuff out there. You're, you're, you're tuned into player profiler, whether that be podcast or YouTube and a lot of great content, very proud and privileged to be on this team with you guys.
2: Fisher, Indiana pulled the JPP in blue. All right. That joke's been played out enough. Jason floor is yours. Go ahead and promote everything that you're working on.
3: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at JFootballWine. You can watch me every Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. on this YouTube channel on The Wake and Take, breaking down recent news and other fun stuff. You can find me here, of course, Thursday nights, 8 p.m., with my trade-god brother, Maddie We Every week, it's the best. Then, of course, follow the Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok that I'm running for our channels. That is Player Profiler on Facebook, Roto Underworld on Instagram, and Player Profiler on TikTok. Go follow those right now.
2: Absolutely. And you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Maddie All my stuff is coming out at Player Profiler. Videos, articles, all that stuff. But if you just can't get enough of me in the game plan and trade gods, head over to patreon.com/slash the executives with me and Cody Carpentier. I'm Maddie He's Jason Allwine. We were joined by the great Memphis Young. We are the trade gods. See you next week. Peace.